Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon, and Joe Buck joins us this week to discuss the season that was with our USGA Championships, the US Open at Pebble Beach. We talked a little bit about our golf games and how, oh, so close we've come to winning club championships at our respective clubs, and yet neither of us have our name on a board. And of course, we dove a little into the NFL season, Super Bowl at Fox this year, so a big year for Joe. And it was very nice of him to jump on, especially with the busy week he's got with Giants-Cowboys on Sunday on Fox. This week's Clubhouse episode, as all of them are, is brought to you by my great friends at Titleist and the Pro V1 and Pro V1X. They have been redesigned for more speed, which is awesome, more precision, which is something I need, and more consistency than ever before. And if you compare the two golf balls, the Pro V1 has a softer feel and lower flight than the Pro V1X. The Pro V1X has a higher flight with more spin and a firmer feel. The Pro V1X is the golf ball that I play. Both models continue to provide proven drop and stop greenside control, lasting durability, and unsurpassed quality. And now both available in yellow. I've been doing the yellow golf ball now, I'd say for five months, maybe six. It came out in March. They were nice enough to send me some right before launch day. And I love it. You know, one thing I've noticed, and I probably need to be better at this, is I haven't been marking them with a Sharpie because they printed my last name. They printed bacon on the side of the balls when they sent them to me. And I'm the only one out there playing yellow golf balls. I mean, I'm the one in the group that's playing the yellow golf ball when everybody else has the white golf ball. The one thing I am running into, more and more players are understanding how awesome the yellow Pro V1 and Pro V1X are. And so now I'm going to have to start marking them because I feel like it's becoming more and more popular And I'm going to have to change it up. I'm going to have to get the Sharpie out. The Sharpie's been in the bag, has not been touched, probably has dust on it. I'm going to have to pull that bad boy out and start marking my golf ball because the yellow Pro V1 and Pro V1X are are, are being seen more and more, as they should be. A 17% thinner cover and a larger casting layer create the fastest Pro V1 and Pro V1X yet. They are fast. They are durable. They go far and they go straight. And it is the best golf ball on the market numbers say it the professional tours say it and i'm saying it right here so check it out if you haven't yet and make sure you check out the yellow one it is absolutely worth your time a pretty slow week in golf really i mean the u.s open and tennis is wrapping up football's ramping up the walker cup is happening across the pond but not much else is going on joe buck joins us and talks about our season and all the things that we went through in 2019 and the successes we had at pebble beach next week before we get To the chat with Joe, I just want to let you know, next week, tune in because Julie Inkster is going to be on to preview the Solheim Cup. Of course, she's the captain going for three wins in a row, has to take a very young team across the pond. So we're going to go from Joe Buck, a legend in the broadcasting world, to Julie Inkster, a legend in the golfing world, back-to-back Clubhouse podcast. So make sure you check that out next week. Let's get to my man, Joe Buck. Well, we welcome back into the clubhouse a uh, name you may know. He's an up-and-coming broadcaster for Fox. I feel like he's going to have a great career if he keeps it going. Joe Buck. Joe, you've got uh, Giants-Dallas this week, first NFL game. And I heard 18 years straight with Troy Aikman. That's the longest in the NFL. Yeah, it's kind of – it shocked both of us. Uh, we saw a thing online, I think it was on Twitter, which means there's about a 34% <laughs> chance that it's true that uh, Aikman and I are gaining on Madden and Summerall 
as the longest running pair, at least the most volume of games. And I think now with adding Thursday nights, we're kind of making up ground here with leaps and bounds, but it's been a good run. I mean, the best thing is, and and I think we all have this in golf is Troy and I are really good friends. You know, I think that's the fun part of the golf that we do. And, And granted you do a ton more of it than I do, but, it's nice in this business that can be uh, a little ego filled or can be a little, uh, I don't know, insecurity driven where everybody's wondering, you know, who's coming after him and all that. We, we just, we're, we're really close friends. And I, I think that's how we are in golf. And I think that's the only way to be because everybody's sniping at you from the outside. You might as well know that the guy or the guy and gal or whoever you're with, uh, that they've got your back and, and that's a good feeling. Uh, so it starts there and then we, we, you know, have the professional relationship after that, but it's, it's good to get along like we do. Hey, I, I want to get into the golf for a, in a minute, but I wanted to just talk about your first game. I can only assume you do plenty of prep to get ready for the season. This has to be the biggest curveball you've had for a first game. I, I can guess in as long as you can remember outside of maybe a quarterback getting injured, going into week one with the Zeke news breaking basically today. How does that change your prep and you guys preparing for this game with Zeke possibly playing, maybe not playing, but at least being on the team and being on the sidelines? Well, I think the beauty of it is that we've got such a good relationship, working relationship with the Cowboys, uh, with their PR director, Rich Dalrymple, uh, who was there when Troy was a player. Jason Garrett was Troy's backup when they were both playing. Uh, Prescott has become a friend. Zeke Elliott is from St. Louis and went to high school little, literally across the street from my neighborhood. So I think there's some trust there. I think they'll be honest with us. Uh, and I say that because sometimes you go into team meetings with head coaches and they might not know you. They might not know what your, where your allegiances are. And so they still keep things really close to the vest. I think when we get there on Friday, We'll ask the right questions. We'll have what their game plan is going in, and then you see how it unfolds. But at least we'll have what they were thinking on Friday uh, as kind of the foundation of whatever we say. And then we'll see where the game goes and how many carries Elliot gets. They love this kid, Tony Pollard, who's behind him. Uh, and, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But the good thing is it's Dallas, so uh, they're not going to – give us the runaround. I think they'll be really honest with where we uh, where we start and, and then how the game finishes, and, and we'll compare the two. Well, going back to kind of our season in golf, and really, I would say, easily the, the, most, the, the, the well, most well-accepted event we've ever done, I'd say, with the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And then we talked about it. It was a perfect storm of U.S. Opens. I mean, we get a chance to showcase one of the most beautiful golf courses in the world, a place everybody knows, a place that has continued to create these unbelievable championships when the USGA goes back. When you go through our U.S. Opens and you start at Chambers Bay, all of our U.S. Opens have had stories. I mean, there's not been a single snoozer. Chambers was great for the drama, of course. I mean, you think about Oakmont and with DJ and the ruling and nobody even knowing where they stood. Then you get Brooks Kepka bursting on the scene as kind of an unknown at Aaron Hills and then solidifying himself as one of the best players in the world at Shinnecock. And then we get Pebble. And I feel like universally, people loved what we were able to do there for that U.S. Open, and it was a collective effort for sure, but it had to feel for you, I'm sure, like it did for us, walking away, it had to feel as good as any of them we've done yet. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I, I could talk for three hours on this topic, and you and I have certainly talked enough about it on our own when we've been together at a bar in a booth or whatever it might be, uh, booth meeting at work. And, and I think what we've had since 2015 is exactly what you said, a perfect storm. And I think it's been more storm than it's been perfect. Um, 2015, as you said, was Chambers Bay, and the course was new to everybody, and it had a different look to it for a U.S. Open. Still a gorgeous, wonderful place. But when you go in and, and all the comments are about the greens and the Polana and the bumpiness and people are complaining all day and now we're new and it's hard to follow the golf ball because of the glare from the water, you know, you can make excuses all day. I, I think we could have been at Oakmont year one. We could have been at Wingfoot or Pebble year one. It probably would have been the same reception. Right? I think when anything's new, people don't like change and it takes a while for them to get used to going, Oh, okay. The U S open. Yeah, that's on Fox. We get it back then. It's like, wait, where's Johnny Miller? Where's Dan Hicks? Where, where are the guys that I'm used to calling this? And then 2016, as you said, you just go forward and, and it's been, I think for us incrementally better and for the viewer, uh, incrementally more familiar. And then, as you said, we, we get the beauty that is Pebble beach, I thought our truck, meaning our director and our producer, did an unbelievable job of giving different camera angles, different camera mechanisms, like with a drone off that cliff on eight, uh, making the golf course look different and even more spectacular than we see it any other time. And it's on TV at least once, probably twice a year. And uh, we were doing new things. And when Jim Nance was in the booth, he said as much and, and he meant it. You know, you guys are showing parts of this golf course in this area that have never been seen on TV. And most people, you know, aren't going to be lucky enough to go to Pebble Beach uh, in their lifetime. So they're going to see it and know it from television. And so uh, I thought the truck did a great job. I thought we accented some really great action. Brooks was right there basically till the end. And then this great story of Gary Woodland and this incredible a uh, little chip off the 17th green. I mean, there was, there was a lot there, and, and I did. I walked away happier than I've ever walked away from a golf event at Fox. There's no doubt. And it's interesting when you get a golf course like Pebble because when you think about golfers, even even serious golf fans, if I went up to somebody that, that was a two-handicap that watches every week and said, what's number five at winged foot, they'd probably have no idea. Same at Oakmont, you know, same at Shinnecock. But at Pebble, they know because they see it year to year. It really is, outside of Augusta National and maybe the old course at St. Andrews, Pebble's a golf course that people know, and they can remember the holes. They can remember the moments. I feel like as much as any golf course in the world. So it's uh, it's a little bit of an art chair, sit back and let the golf course speak of, speak itself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, that that's a really comforting feeling too for us going in. You know, you're not confused when you see a shot like, wait, are we at six or are we at 12? You know, <laughs> where are we at? Are we on the second hole or is this 15? I mean, you know the shots, you know what the golf course looks like and you could draw it on a placemat. And, and that's, that's a really comforting feeling going in, especially, you know, for us being still relatively new at, at covering the event or covering golf, uh, you know, that, that's good. But like I said, you know, the NFL will tell you that 90% of their fans experience and knowing the NFL and players and stadiums and uniform colors and whatever sideline shots come from television. 
10% of their fans in the NFL actually see a game in the stadium. And if they do, they're certainly not traveling around. And, and I think that's the case with Pebble. I mean, people know that golf course from television. It's fun during the Pro-Am in February. Uh, so I, I think, you know, whether you see old video of Jack Lemon hitting a ball out of the ice plants or you see Gary Woodland hitting a ball from the rough in, in the same nearby area, it's familiar, and I think for viewer and broadcaster alike, that that's a good feeling. And, and like you said, you know, that's the beauty that CBS has every year with covering the Masters. They know every corner, every blade of grass at Augusta National, and uh, we had a little taste of that from being at Pebble. Well, you mentioned bringing Jim Nance up to the booth. It was something that you'd brought up. You reached out to him. I believe you reached out to him on social media. I know you said something on air during our broadcast. And I think people were a little surprised. I mean, you're bringing up Jim Nance, who does golf week to week. He does it all the time. He's one of the best in the world to ever do it. Of course, he gets to the Masters and on and on and on. And he comes up to the booth, and, and you, you really you kind of step aside a little bit and let Jim talk about the beauty of Pebble Beach and you know a guy that lives there and knows the golf course like the back of his hand. It was a really cool moment, I think, for golf fans and for broadcasting fans. Yeah, I think so. You know, to be honest with you, when I, I was walking back, I think from the practice round day um, that we cover on Wednesday, and I was walking up that main street that leads to the lodge and coming back the other way in a golf cart was Eric Shanks, who's our boss, and Larry Jones, who's boss 1A. And they had just seen Jim and Shanks and Larry said, what do you think about trying to have him on? I said, are you kidding me? That'd be unbelievable. And I've kind of gone through this same the same uh, dance with Vin Scully over the years, whether we've done an all-star game in San Diego, Vin, please come down South and do that. Or we've done a postseason series at Dodger stadium. You know, I, I think I, I refer back to my childhood and being my dad, Jack Buck's son and knowing, you know, the reverence for these older voices and these men that have done it for so long, not to say that Jim's in that category, but he's damn close and he's, he's the standard for what we do and he's the best in my opinion to ever do it with all the different moving parts that there are now in a golf telecast compared to golf covered even in the 80s um so it made all the sense in the world i I did ask him on the air to try to put the pressure on him i don't know that i had to put the pressure on him Uh, i think he wanted to do it but then it became will cbs let him do it and there were certain rules that they were uh, that they put out there, like, no more than 10 minutes. We don't want to – actually, they said five. We're like, well, we're at least doing 10. We're going to, you know, say yes, but, you know, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And then we're going to you – know, so they said, no, him. don't let him call any live golf action. And he sat down, and I don't know who hit a shot, Phil or Tiger, and immediately he jumped into calling golf. <laughs> and I got into the talk back, which just goes to the truck and our producer. I was like, well, there's rule number two we just broke. <laughs> So, uh, but that's what I wanted. I, I wish he stayed there for an hour. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that stuff's good. And it, it means you don't take yourself too seriously. It means you're not paranoid. And uh, I think that's good for everybody. And this might be a little inside baseball, but I just thought it was such an important moment, really, for our year. At the U.S. Women's Open, our producer, Mark Loomis, pulled all the broadcasters into the trailer. And we watched as a team the U.S. Open from Shinnecock Hills, and he basically pulled together some different moments and some great stuff he thought we did and some stuff that he just wanted to point out, you know, make sure you don't talk over this. 
And you and I had a conversation after that, and you said to me, and I thought it was an unbelievable point, you said it's really important to make sure you're watching what's going on on the screen. And when people hear that, they might think, well, that seems silly. Of course you're doing that. But, you know, there's 5,000 things going on. There's cards we're getting. People are in our ear. We're getting text messages. You've, you've even mentioned having Twitter open one time ever in a broadcast. You deleted it right away after that. There's a lot happening. I mean, I'm next to Brad Fax, and he's FaceTiming Tom Brady during the broadcast, you know, everything he does. <laughs> and then you and I, you, you you can miss stuff at times. And I really tried hard during this season to just watch the golf. And it's funny, it helps so much if you're just paying attention to the screen. It was, it was yeah, it was so simple and but i think necessary certainly for you and i but but i said it out loud for the whole group to hear because you know all all the viewer knows is what we say as a group and they don't know what we're doing when we're not talking and and in these big booths that we have and and you know you and fax are in another location and paul and i do holes one and two you do three and four we do five and six and on down the line and so when it goes to the third hole theoretically i could check out and you know text my wife back or get on my get on my social media if i wanted to or get on my email and read people's thoughts people that i trust people that are saying hey you guys are missing this or whatever it might be and i i fell into that trap the first whatever it's been four years and I had so many things flying around. The last priority I had was to actually watch the golf and listen to the two of you and try to, for continuity's sake, carry it forward when it comes back around. And now it's back on the holes that Paul and I cover. And it seems simple, but there's so many avenues of information. I just turned my computer off. I basically set my phone over in the corner of the booth and I just watched and reacted. And I, I think that's the best thing I could have ever done. It's why I was better. Uh, not trying to cram 14,000 things in. Just take your time, watch the action, and react to it. And, and that's really, I think that's really serving the viewer best. If they want stats, you know, stats every once in a while are, tell the story 100%. But, but sometimes they just get in the way. And uh, so you need to find a balance. And I think that's what we finally did. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think sometimes there's so many things going on. And, and to your point, you know, when it's your whole, I know I'm not going to say anything, it's easy to not listen. But the moment you don't listen, I repeat something you just said. Maybe he's three of four this week out of the bunker, or he hadn't missed a green since Thursday afternoon. And you say that right after you say it, somebody at home is, they absolutely notice it and they're going, these guys aren't even listening. So they notice it if we do it wrong and it's on us to make sure we listen. And I thought it was, like I said, it's, it's those little prep moments that happen, what, three weeks before the U.S. Open that help everybody. And I thought it was a, a great point to bring up. And on top of that, if you're repeating something I just said or if I'm repeating something you just said, it's taking up time that could be better spent on something else. Right. And because we don't have a lot of time. You know, the, the, the thing that I was most hit by – year one was, you know, you think, Oh, it's golf. I've fallen asleep to this on my couch <laughs> in my adult years. And so it's going to be slow and it's actually the opposite. It's way faster than me covering the NFL or covering major league baseball for sure. Because in baseball, a guy's standing at the plate and it's ball one, strike one, ball two, ball three, strike two, foul ball, foul ball. You could talk about whatever you want during that time. Well, here it's 
dip into a, a, a golf hole. Here's Spieth, second shot, par four. You see it land, boom, you're off to the next location, next golfer, set up the situation. Now you're gone there and you go to the next one. So I, I just think it's – we finally have figured out, uh, I think, enough. You'll never be – you never have it all figured out, uh, but enough to make it pleasing to people watching. And uh, and I, I think this year, you know, a lot of people seem to like it. But, I, again, I, I don't go back to Chambers Bay and go, man, we blew it. I, I think we needed to – you know, you need to take your lumps publicly, which is part of the deal now, and you need to – know what you do and don't need to know and where you do and don't need to go in a broadcast to, to actually figure it out. So it's just a means to an end. And, and, you know, this, this finally starting to straighten out for us. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people, you know, I don't want to say universally, but they've enjoyed our coverage. They've enjoyed it year after year, more and more and more. And maybe some people don't love us. The one thing I, I do feel confident in saying is that our Fox broadcast team, really the host of Fox golf lead the country in coming up close in club championship wins. And I know you came so close this year. You were playing great golf, and, and you were in the championship match, right? Yeah, I beat probably the three best guys at our club. Uh, it's The way we do it at Old Warset in St. Louis is kind of year-long, uh, like NCAA bracket. You just match up with whoever's next in the in, on the list, and then you schedule your match and you go play. I, I beat Brett Hall. I beat a couple guys who played college golf, and I I was playing well. But I got into the championship match in uh, 36 holes and putted horribly. Like I, you know, I used to always say, well, I, I would take hitting it great and putting awful. I, I take that every time, and I don't feel that way anymore. It's, it's double <laughs> frustrating to hit it really well and then three putt your way first 18 holes i three putted 11 times which is like uh, impossible right and then uh then i kind of then i switched putters because i i just put a new putter in the bag that day which is moronic <laughs> i went back to the old putter and i was down five after 12 it's match play down four after 30 and i got it back down to one with two holes to go i was down one i hit the middle of the green on a par three he missed but he got up and down on me. We tied, went to 18. We both parred. I lost by one. But it was uh, it was a fun day. I lost to one of my best friends. That up and down, I was proud of him for doing it because everybody at the club showed up. And uh, that was really when both of us played our best golf and when I made it more of a match. So, you know, all in all, I was pleased with how I played. I was just beyond frustrated with how I putted. And, I mean, you – you're a sneaky golf nut. I would say you really enjoy playing. I had Joel Clad on. I'm who sitting was... at I'm sitting at Old Warson right now, talking <laughs> to you uh, at 11:22 Central Time on Wednesday. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, I had Joel Clad on last week, who is the biggest golf nut on the planet, and he was talking to me about how he is, you know, he's excited about the college football season, but he's depressed because he doesn't play as much golf. Does your golf go down once football season starts? Yes. Uh, a couple of factors. I mean, I know you're a first time new dad and I am a, uh, multiple time new dad. So I've got year and a half year old, more or less, uh, twin boys and that has cut into it as well. But I, I think it makes you kind of waste less time and really focus the practice sessions to, to really work on what you need to work on and then get out of there. So I, I, I was a range king and not a uh, – I didn't play a ton of golf this year. 
And I just happened to play three great matches leading into the championship. But yeah, it, it, it takes a backseat to everything. Uh, and I live in St. Louis. So at some point here, it's going to get chilly. And uh, yeah, I don't really like playing in rain. And I really don't like playing in the cold. So no matter what I want, <laughs> uh, the, the conditions are not ripe for, uh, for a lot of play. Yeah, the, the one thing I've learned in three months of being a dad is – the one thing you've got to cut out is hanging at the club. That just goes away. That's that's a non-existent oh. thing anymore. It is, how long does golf take? Four hours? Okay, I want you home in four hours and 20 minutes. And this is coming from somebody that has a really cool wife. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the same way. And uh, my wife gets it. And she's got her things, you know, and she works at ESPN. And she understands the work end of it, too. And, you know, different obligations I have and preparing for a game, which I've done kind of late night this week and in the early morning. But, uh, but she also understands that if I'm going to have any outlet, it's golf. And, and I think that's a healthy outlet to have, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not running around. I'm not at bars all night. I'm not doing all I want to do is when I have a chunk of time, I want to go hit balls and I want to try to get better at playing this great game. And, uh, and she understands that. So, but there's no doubt. You're right. There's no, hey, let's sit around and have a beer. Hey, let's just hang and talk to everybody that just finished and sit up there and make fun of guys coming up 18. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're gone. I, I'm the king of changing shoes in the parking lot and, uh, and busting at home as best I can. Yeah, the changing shoes in the parking lot. That's my biggest knock on private clubs is I feel really uncomfortable changing shoes in the parking lot at private golf courses. And I just wish it, – it's almost like tipping on to-go orders. I wish universally we would have a rule on this where it's either you can do it everywhere and it's fine or you can't do it anywhere because when I do it at a place where you know, you got to go through a gate, I always feel very uncomfortable doing that. And right. I don't feel it at all if I'm at some municipal golf course in Phoenix. Right. Well, I've been at this place for, for over 20 years, basically 25 years. And, you know, if somebody's got a problem with me changing my shoes uh, in the parking lot, I really don't care. So, they, you know, what are they going to do? Send me a letter, kick me out. I, it's just not going to happen. So I think sometimes you have to be realistic. The cell phone thing is crazy, too. I mean, when you're a dad or you're a son or you've got work, you know, everybody's got a reason to get on their cell phone. It's basically my my traveling office. So I'm not blatant about it but i'll i'll sneak away or i'll go somewhere and, and and to be honest a lot of these clubs have relaxed some of that stuff some haven't some have gone the opposite way but for the most part i think everybody gets the whole cell phone thing too so uh i you know I, i'm smart about it i look around by the way when i change my shoes in the parking lot but i change my shoes in the parking lot <laughs> We'll take a quick break from our conversation with Joe Buck to let you know that hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash clubhouse. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands, thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day, one day. And right now, my listeners, that's you right now, 
can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash clubhouse. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash clubhouse, ZipRecruiter.com slash clubhouse, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And also, are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. And whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family's protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help you. And Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 world's most ethical companies, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit www.pacificlife.com. All right, back to Joe. Dan Hicks was on the podcast last month. He said that he joined Paul Azinger in the video tribute they sent for your 50th birthday. Did it in impersonation of you. How good was Dan at Joe Buck? Brutal. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't sound like me at all. Uh, but I got to play with him. I didn't know him at all. And to be honest with you, I really didn't know and don't know Jim Nance that well. It's just we've always traveled in different circles and – uh, so for Dan, I got to, I got invited on a trip to Augusta National. I mean, it was, it was before the match. I would say end of March, mid-March this past year. And he just happened to be part of the, the two foursome group. And he and I, I mean, I, I didn't know him at all. I had an opinion of him. I think he's a great broadcaster and everything, Olympics, golf, whatever. Uh, but I didn't know him and I loved the guy and we, we had a blast. And so, uh, it, it made me smile because I've got Paul Azinger on one side, who by the way, is doing a tribute for my 50th birthday and his collars like outside his sport coat. And it's, it's like, he looks disheveled. And then I've got Dan doing, we'll see you tomorrow night or whatever he was doing. It sounded more like my dad than it did me, but, uh, I was flattered that they did it and, uh, blown away that my wife put this whole video together and uh so he's a great guy and uh has become a friend and and that's kind of the beauty of golf you know you don't you say you don't know somebody that well till you live with them until you play golf with them and when you play golf with a guy like that and you laugh your way around augusta national uh you know I, you carry the relationship forward so i'm i'm pleased to call him a friend I want to go back to last year for a moment and your crazy stretch. And you've downplayed it in a lot of interviews, but you can't downplay it. I don't want you to downplay what you did because it's insane. 15 games, 18 days, six cities, all four different time zones. You had an 18-inning, 7-hour, and 20-minute postseason baseball game during that stretch. I know you mentioned that you caught a cold towards the back end of it, but what, what was, first of all, what was the conversation with your bosses like when they said, hey, do you mind uh, doing everything for three weeks? Well, I'm I'm just, I guess, as ego-filled as I uh, <laughs> throw on everybody else. I, it's, it's fun. And uh, when they asked me, it's kind of how we put my contract, my year, my schedule together. I, I got to be honest with you. I, you know, you're doing a ton more golf than me. You know that. People at Fox are doing a ton more baseball than I am. I get to show up for the fun ones, the primetime games during the summer, the all-star game, the this year ALCS and World Series. Otherwise, I'm not doing any other baseball. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of football with Sunday, 
then folding into Thursday, uh, although we don't do every Sunday anymore. And, uh, and then, excuse me, baseball getting in the middle of it all. Uh, but I loved it. And when they asked me to do it or would I be willing to do it, I was all in. So it wasn't bad. It was fun. And uh, about to do it again. Is it going to be similar schedule? Sorry, buddy. I'm just choking. No, it's, okay. Um, it's okay. Something just flew in my throat. So it was probably sent by another broadcaster. Did you send that out? Trying yes. To make sorry, that was. Die? Yeah, I was. I, I, that's why when you told me you were at the club, that's when I knew knew uh, <laughs> knew where to send it. God, yeah. It will. Uh, it'll be the same. I, I think you know the the weird thing was the travel days last year in the baseball series I did. Uh, we're all on Thursdays or Thursdays were part of the travel uh, of the different uh, NLCS and then world series. So I didn't miss any Thursday games. That's different this year. We have the ALCS. So a game five, unless there's a four game sweep will be on a Thursday. That means I'll probably miss a Thursday game. I, I think baseball will take front seat then. Um, but we're we're going to work our way through that whenever that comes about, and we'll see. I believe the football game is uh, Kansas City at Denver, which is a really good game, theoretically. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's going to be the same. It'll be the same for the next three years after this, too, unless uh, they take me and Troy off Thursday night football. And, and frankly, I like it. I mean, I think when you grow up doing baseball and doing the Cardinals, which I did for – I don't know. I started in 91 and I think I ended in 2006. I was doing every game and you do, if the, if the sun comes up, you're doing a game that night and it's good training to be able to do this because you just kind of roll forward and see what you see and say what you say. Well, one thing I feel like people maybe don't pay attention to enough for people like you who do so many sports with so many different people is the personalities you have to juggle. I mean, you go, Smoltz and Aikman and, of course, Paul Azinger, who is one of the more hilarious humans you'll ever meet. I'm assuming those first week, maybe even the first day back with meetings, is it a reminder to yourself of how those people do their jobs considering you are the same person in all those seats? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the, the common thread that all three have is they're all really prepared, and they all do it in a different way. Like if I were to describe John Smoltz, I would say that if his arm would allow it and his body would allow it, I think he's about to get a hip replacement. So uh, that's going to cut into his golf. Uh, he could go pitch against the two teams that were covering that day. That's how he gets ready for a game. He goes over video. He looks at trends. He looks at what guys do when they're ahead of the count, how pitchers pitch when they're behind in the count to different style hitters and what have you. He's prepared to pitch that game. Troy is has now kind of taken the universal look with film and looking more at defenses and how a defense is trying to stop an offense. And he'll he'll get ready on his own. And John will get ready on his own. And Paul gets ready on his own. And and so the best thing is they're all really good guys. They're all really good friends of mine. And I don't I don't really have to change much. I, I just have to do what I need to do to get myself ready. And I, I can read them pretty well and I know where they want to go with the broadcast. I can tell by a little shift in weight in their seat or whatever it might be that they have something that they want to say. And uh it's it's really simple. 
I mean, they're all they're three Hall of Fame athletes that were all great in their sport. They can all talk their sport. And uh, I, I know what they want from me. And, and it's pretty much the same. I, I try to pick my spots. I don't try to overtalk. And, and I try to let them, you know, flourish. And, and as long as I keep doing that, I, I think I'm, I'm good with those three guys or really anybody they, they throw at me. All right, two more, and I'll let you go play some golf. Uh, first one is, of course, at Fox. We have the Super Bowl this year, and you guys are doing it. Just was wondering about your prep for the season with the Super Bowl on the horizon. I mean, you know the teams you focus a lot on with Fox. You get a lot of Dallas Cowboys. You get the Packers a lot. Do you pay a little more attention to AFC teams or what's going on on the other side uh, kind of, of of the of the league? Or is it just – are you always kind of paying attention to everybody anyway? Yeah, I, I could lie to you and say that in years past I was, you know, 100% up on the Texans or the Bengals or the Jets or whoever it might be. And and I really wasn't. I mean, I would read what was carried nationally. I would read the main stories. And if it involved Sam Darnold or the Jets or somebody with the Ravens, you know, I, I was aware of it all. But you tend to focus on what you're covering that week and you go week by week. But now with Thursday night football, we're seeing teams that we haven't done. So we're seeing Tennessee. We're seeing Baltimore. We're seeing Cincinnati. We're seeing the Jets. We're seeing – so I need to know what's going on. And that, that should be a huge help that by the time – and the Patriots. I mean, I, we basically do one Patriot game a year, but now we're doing two, sometimes three, because you have Thursday night football in there. Um you know, you are aware of different benchmarks during the course of their season. And so when they show up the first week of February, you're not catching up on 17 games and 17,000 different storylines that have ha- that have happened over the year. Um, and, and so that should be a real benefit for us. I, I guarantee you that whoever we see in the Super Bowl from the NFC, we're going to cover because we do the postseason and we know those teams anyway. But from the AFC, I guarantee you, whoever's in that game, be it Kansas City, New England, whatever, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, we will have seen them during the year. So that, that's a big advantage. All right, last question. What's the favorite new golf course? And I know you played some golf in Ireland when you went over and did Red Sox-Yankees. What's your favorite new golf course you've played in 2019 that you'd never played before? Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me I went to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> because it, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect over there. I, I was blown away by how great the golf was. I always thought it was going to be kind of shaggy and, and kind of, you know, windy and awful. And, and granted, we just got lucky with a great week of weather and all that stuff exists. It exists anywhere. But uh, when we landed, we played Old Head, which is, you know, just breathtakingly beautiful. Probably not the best golf course we played, but as far as views and feel, it's like, man, it, it just doesn't get any better than this. We went to Bally Bunyan. We went to Tralee. Uh, I thought Bally Bunyan was really hard. Tralee, the back nine, you know, that's Arnold Palmer's course. And his famous line is the front nine is designed by Arnold Palmer. The back nine is designed by God. And I understand why they say that. Uh, and then we went to Adair Manor, which just got the Ryder Cup. And that place was, I've been lucky enough to play Augusta a few times, Augusta National. And this place was like, even more manicured and more like if you had the strength of your putter, you could putt from 300, you can putt from the tee box and, and get it on the green. It's that nice. Like it's, it's 
overdone to the point where you, and then it's it's by this it's around this unbelievable castle it's it's like is this real it it looks like something out of a video game designed by somebody who's never played golf because you're like well those courses don't exist but it does so i mean my god that Ryder cup i assume they'll have that castle all rented out and players will be staying there and they've got a million restaurants I mean, that is going to be the most fun Ryder cup uh, that those guys will ever play. So I, I think I was blown away most uh, by Adair Manor. Uh, I, I, I think I had the most fun at Truly. Yeah, it's it's one of those golf courses that it sounds like where you had no expectations really going in, and then when you get there, you're like, oh, th- no, this place is the best. Okay, now I now I get it. Now I see it. And that's, that's the best part about traveling, especially when we travel all summer long with the golf team, is you go sneak out to some golf course you'd never heard of, and you're playing with Julie Inkster, and she's talking about how this is one of the most fun days she's had playing golf in a couple of years. And you're thinking, you know, these pros never get to do this. <laughs> they never, they never well, just go play random golf at places. And that's why that's what you and I get to do a lot, which is really nice. I think we were at a senior open, and you and I, and uh, I think Ben and our crew, and then uh, a host went out and played myopia, which I'd never heard of. And then you, you start looking at the history of it. It was founded before 1900. It's hosted U.S. Opens. And you go, oh my God, this place is like mind-blowing how cool it is. And I'd never heard of the place. I know. And, and then you're like, I got to get back there. Or we got a chance to play Fisher's Island, which, you know, that's, that's just the beauty. And that, and that was kind of my life when I was doing the Cardinals, where I was doing the games with Mike Shannon. That's when I fell in love with golf. I didn't grow up playing golf. But if you're on the Cardinals – radio or tv team and you're in cincinnati for three days what are you going to do during the day i mean you can only sleep so much uh you're in houston you know where are you going to play oh let's go to river oaks three days in a row you're in san francisco let's go play olympic or you're in chicago let's go play medina and and so i shannon could set up a mike shannon could set up a tour better than tim fincham could and uh and so consequently i got to play all these great places like man this is the best sport going so that's really how i fell in love with the game and and it's certainly like that times 10 when uh when we're traveling around doing the golf well joe i appreciate it as always have a great uh nfl season postseason super bowl all that i know i'll chat with you before then and uh are you gonna go play or practice what are we going to do right now i'm just gonna go hit balls and and obviously after uh 11 times in 18 holes i'm gonna go putt (laughs) i would i would putt and video that and send it to brad faxon what am i doing wrong yeah well i i just invited him to an event down in cabo in in december and really i don't want to hang with brad at all (laughs) but i just want him to help me with my putt i understand wholeheartedly yeah he was he was we were playing uh we were playing a couple of weeks ago and he'd, he just got a lesson, which I find baffling that Brad Faxon gets putting lessons, but he just got a lesson and he would be standing over it going, I'm kind of trying to hook cut this putt. And I was thinking, every yeah. time you say this, I'm going to miss a five-footer. Why do you keep saying these things? First of all, what lunatic <laughs> thinks that he or she can give Brad Faxon That's what I'm putting? saying. It's unbelievable. I don't care if Faxon wants it, if Faxon begs the person. <laughs> Who's standing on that green – going, here, Brad, here's what you should try to do. Who, who's qualified to do that? Unless it's Ben Crenshaw or uh, I, I don't know who. I, who's, who's a better putter in the history of the game than, uh, than Brad Fax and maybe Tiger in early 2000s? That's about it.
Yeah, Jack. I mean, Jack when he was being clutched. Jack. Yeah, it's like, hey, Verlander, you. This is how you actually hold it. This is a little bit easier if you have the seam on your left finger and you're going, no, 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 no. Right, he's yeah. got it. He's got it locked in. Yeah, he's got it. By the way, I'd, I'd take a putting lesson from Verlander too. If he's giving them. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I appreciate. It. Have a good year. All right, buddy. Anytime. Thanks. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. A big thanks to Joe Buck for jumping on. Make sure you tune in on Sunday for Giants-Cowboys. That'll be their first game of the season. A big thanks, of course, to my friends at Titleist and the Pro V1 and Pro V1X. It's the best golf ball on the market. Check it out. And check it out in yellow. Trust me, you'll love it. You'll be unique. You will find your golf ball always. I'm not going to guarantee you'll find your golf ball always. You might hit it somewhere that you can't find it. But if you hit one in play, you will find it. That is a clubhouse Guarantee. Big thanks to Pacific Life and ZipRecruiter for helping out this week. Next week, Julie Inkster is going to come on as we preview the Solheim Cup. It is one of my favorite events of the year to watch, and it's going to be happening across the pond. So it'll be early on the West Coast. That's great. Get up early, watch some match play with your coffee. Maybe the dog's laying there, the baby's kind of taking a little bit of a nap. That's what I call an unbelievable week. And that'll be next week. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Big thanks if you have, and comment. Write a five-star review or a four-star review. Four stars is fine. I'm not asking for perfection here. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.